When I tell you my husband's cheap, we go to a restaurant. We love to go out to eat. We have to all order water, but one person. And so, like, if one person orders a sweet tea or a Coke or what have you, and then we it's all, done, it's a communal, right. it's a communal Coke. So everybody <laughs> takes a swig of it. So by the time it gets to me, it's basically backwash. <laughs> Hey, y'all. Welcome to LOL with Kim Gravel. I'm Kim Gravel, your host, and this is a comedy show where we laugh about all the messiness of life, and we're going to turn that mess, y'all, into your message of confidence and hope. See, my mission is to to encourage everyone to lift y'all up, and this show is about how we can embrace our real, authentic, true selves and laugh about the stuff that life throws our way. So if you're ready, I know I am, it's time to live out loud, laugh out loud, and love out loud together. I'm telling you, it's going to be a good show. Well, it's I have mixed feelings about this show. Why? Um, Because it's about money. Yeah. And you know I'm married to the cheapest man in the free world. My father <laughs> is very thrifty and cheap. I mean, I can tell you stories that would make your hairs curl. <laughs> we are really, they. those are the two cheapest men. And people say, well, they're just frugal and thrifty. I'm like, no. Nope. <laughs> they're dog, dirty, down, low, cheap. What is the difference between being cheap and being thrifty? Thrifty is coming up with creative ideas and ways to save a dollar, you know, you know, get a good deal. Cheap is it can get a little low ball, mm. meaning like my husband doesn't do anything and just offer like a thrifty price. It's always like dirt, bottom dirt, cheap price. It's, it, you know, it can be insulting. Do you know what I'm saying to people? It's, it's like it's affecting your quality of life, basically. Is that <laughs> well, it? I'm used to it. I'm used to it. I think secretly I've really looked for someone like my dad. I just wasn't real specific about like. All the podcast, Kim. I'll say we're, we're going, we're all going to Target. Is dad going? That's what I say. Is dad going? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, ah, oh, we're not going. No, nah, forget it. Like, if dad goes to Target. <laughs> Like I said to my son, Bo, he said, Mom, why should I go to Target with Dad? It's just basically walking around and looking at stuff. We're not going to get anything. <laughs> Isn't that horrible? <laughs> That's so funny. So, like, recently was Thanksgiving, and I sent him out to get some groceries. I have to say, get the heavy-duty Reynolds Wrap high-end aluminum foil, or he'll come back, he'll go down to the Dollar Tree and oh, get gosh. the most flimby, I mean, flimsiest. But what he'll do is he'll go get... Aluminum foil from the Dollar Tree because it's a dollar there. He'll drive all the way to Target to get the marshmallows because they're 30% off. Then he'll ride out there to Publix and get the... He he he, he spent more gas than he would just buy it all at Publix. <laughs> right. It took him like two hours too, probably. Right. But it's 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 that it's that's cheap. I don't think I'm cheap, but my kids are sort of in this phase where like they... We go to the store and they're just like, can I have this? 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 And it it's impossible. It's perfectly normal. Yeah. Yeah. When does that end, Kim? Has that never. never. <laughs> Buying things give us such a high, you know, but it's like mm-hmm. my kids things like you're, what do they want at the store? Bubble gum, cookies, like everything. They- We're like adding things to our daughter's Christmas list. Right. So it's like, well, Ooh. we could add this to the Christmas list. So now it's like the weirdest like candy thing that's like, you know, the like li- basically liquid sugar or whatever is like on the list. <laughs> okay, well then when they get older, it's like phones and $500 right. pair of tennis shoes. I said to my son the other day, I said, are you 500? on drugs? 
He goes, what do you mean? I said, what kind of drugs are you on to think I'm going to buy a pair of $500 tennis shoes for you? And then my youngest is like, mom, I want Gucci slides for Christmas. I'm like, you live in Bethlehem, Georgia. You go to a local little school down here. Ain't nobody got no Gucci up in here. Oh my gosh. And if you think I live in a Gucci town, I mean, I, you're lucky to have, you know, Nucci or Katucci. You better get some knockoffs because you're not getting no Gucci slides, son. You you know what? Just have Travis get some like materials together. He could do Gucci, just gluing them. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, look, I I get it. You know, but I'm just saying, gird your loins for your kids because the the the, the expenses and the and the toys and the stuff gets more expensive and more expensive and more yes. expensive. I'm I'm just waiting till we're out of like paying for daycare because that's going to be you know. Ten plus thousand dollars, I can get back. I'm telling you, <laughs> and you got two weddings. You better start saving your money. It's a good thing we have our guest on today. That's on. Mm-hmm. My guest today is Shauna Game. She is a certified financial planner. She has her MBA from Pepperdine, a modern day money strategist, wellness advocate. She has a top financial podcast called Everyone's Talking Money that has over 23 million downloads. And her passion is to help alleviate pain, suffering, confusion, stumbling blocks, anxiety around money. Y'all, put your hands together for Shauna Game. Welcome, Shauna. Shauna Game. <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, can you just follow me around all day long? <laughs> Isn't that that fantastic? Yeah. Shana Game. Game. Yeah. I love it. I need that like anytime I walk into a room. I mean, come on. It's yours. It is yours. Yeah. We'll we'll give it to you at the end. Definitely. You can have it. Um, You've done so much in the world of finance. And and I just want to say straight up before we hop hop into it, because I have listener questions for you. I have um, topics I want to pick your brain about when it comes to the financial um, money conversation. But girl, tell me how in the world you became this financial expert. You know, my journey really started... Uh, when I was a kid, I mean, my dad's been in the financial industry his entire career. So we kind of grew up like, you know, we had some conversations around money. Like we kind mm-hmm. of learned this idea of wealth and investing, but then other things we didn't talk about. And those were the things mm-hmm. that were like kind of my stumbling blocks. <laughs> but uh, when I went to college, I started what was at the time the first national student film festival. And I ran that for about five years. We raised about a quarter million dollars every year, just myself and like three other college kids. And so that was really where I developed like resourcefulness. Like, you know, I learned how to manage money, manage a budget, like all these things that I, you know, I wasn't consciously aware that they were like kind of stacking up as skills. And so I love that, that. Yeah, I love that, that. That really became like my entree point into, you know, all things money. I mean, I tell people that I've been an entrepreneur my entire career, that I'm like allergic to fluorescent lights <laughs> and, and people think I'm crazy. I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like, I'm, I'm not a corporate person. Like, I'm a, just an ideas person. And so, you know, after I got my MBA, my dad had a, had a smaller company and he was like, ah, I'm kind of bored, like working by myself. Do you want to come and just like, see if you like this stuff. And I thought, oh, okay, whatever. I had sold my film festival and, you know, I was just kind of, I, you know, I don't know what's next. And so, 
you know, like day one, we started working with people like a hundred million dollars in assets. And so I got to see like really behind the scenes. And, you know, we worked with people like just out of college all the way up to, you know, people with massive amounts of money. And I started to really see the similarities like that existed between all people, like regardless of age, demographic, what they made. And so like my creative juices started to turn on again. And I was like, okay, I want to do what I love to do, which is, you know, become this expert, but then also like figure out how to creatively like package this and and share this kind of with the world. So that was really like the, the you know, short cliff notes version <laughs> into well, my I mean- journey to money. Yeah, and but I love talking about finance, wealth, money, because I think it's one thing every single person has in common. I think that that is I always, I think that's a level set for everybody. Like everybody might have different cultures, different, you know, beliefs, different political affiliations, different, I mean, I could go on and on, but I think one thing that we can all agree on is that we need money and we need more of it. Yeah, <laughs> and we all I have mean, to learn how to manage it. Don't you think so? That's a, that's a very unifying message. I'm serious. Absolutely. I mean, we say like, and we also say that money touches like all aspects of your life. So it does. it's really hard to find anything in your day-to-day life where when you kind of peel the onion layers back, there isn't some something about money kind of sitting there. So, you know, I, I talk often on my show, something I'm like deeply passionate about is your relationship with money. Yes. And that's yes. something we don't grow up learning about. We Mm-mm. don't have the vocabulary for. But I mean, that is the complete behind the scenes of, you know, what's playing out every day and kind of hindering our ability to do a lot of the things we want to do. Well, what do you what do you talk about when it comes to relationships with money? Because you talk on your podcast and you, I've heard you speak about money trauma. And you, you, let's talk about I have a dear friend who had a situation in her family where they just couldn't manage money. And it really has caused her um, to go the opposite way. She's actually very, very good with money. Um, she learned a lot from their their heartaches. Tell me, what do you mean by relationship with money? Yeah, so it's very complex, right? And for each of us, it's a little bit different. But, you know, most of us grown up with, um, you know, beliefs around money, right? So they say that our money personality is shaped by the age of seven. That's really when our unconscious mind, yes, is shaped. So between the third trimester in, in our mother's belly to age seven, we're collecting everything about the world and money. So... You know, we're hearing things, we're seeing things on TV, we're seeing like interplay in relationship to people raising us. And that is all cementing this, this personality of how we approach, I say, how we think, act and feel about money. So, I mean, that's crazy <laughs> to me. Like, I don't remember like hardly anything before age seven. So to think that it is that impactful, uh, that just really blows my mind. I've got to tell you, I can, I can, I totally believe that what you're saying. I I can relate to that because my father was always talking about how broke we were. I mean, always. And I married a man (laughs) the same way. He's very cheap. Zach will tell you. And so my whole life I grew up thinking, oh my gosh, we are so broke. I mean, I I almost had a fear about being so broke. I thought that like, are we going to be kicked out of our house? I mean, because he would talk so cheap about money all the time. Like we're broke, we're broke, we're broke. Yeah. That was how I always thought. And I will tell you, I'm still that way today. I'm still a penny pincher. I'm I'm nowhere near my husband because he's cheap. But I can relate to that. So you're saying those things when we were coming up, 
that made an impression on me. And that's view, that's how I view money based on that window of time. Absolutely. I mean, I grew up very fortunate. We had, we had, you know, nice houses, you know, middle, upper, upper class. But when we would go on vacations, we would have a great uh. time on vacation. But then as we were like coming home on the airplane, my dad would get like the invoice of like everything that we spent. And he'd be like, <laughs> you know, $23 for sunscreen and fi- like, what kind of sunscreen did you buy? You know, so I, I grew up thinking like, okay, if you go out and do something that you love, then you have to like complain about it, you know, on the other end. (laughs) And so I I mean, this was like, this still like takes me forever. We'll go to dinner and my husband will be like, order what you want. And you're not going to complain or make any comment about the bill when we leave. (laughs) Shauna, oh my gosh, I'm telling you, I I totally agree with that statement that you, that we have developed these money issues. Okay. So how do we get past our money trauma? How do we break these relationships? Some unhealthy, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is like what we're doing here, right? It's having a conversation. It's why I named my show Everyone's Talking Money. It's it's through this act of talking about money, which is usually like the elephant in the room that we don't want to talk about. It's kind of the, you know, taboo thing. And so by just having these conversations and like exploring our stories together, you know, I'm I'm, I'm I'm for sure thinking that like somebody listening is like, oh, okay, I remember like these pivotal moments growing up. And like, then it's, you know, once we have the awareness, then it's like, okay, how does that influence our actions? So I tell everyone to me, there's like this money foursome, I call it. Um, And and there's Mm -hmm. four characters, right? So our thoughts and feelings, right? How we think, how we feel about money those impact our actions and behaviors, right? So what do we actually do on a day-to-day basis with our money? And those four things together really determine the outcome of, you know, what we're able to do, like what goals we're we're able to achieve or, you know, do we we pay off that debt and get in a better relationship with money? You know, how does that all interact? And so, you know, like typical money experts will just want to like shove another spreadsheet in your face, right? And tell you like, <laughs> yeah. you know, here's an app, like plug yeah. in your numbers, but that doesn't work. <laughs> so we have to, we have to start first with this awareness of, okay, how was I raised? You know, what, how did my parents or whoever raised me talk about money? You know, can I remember and, you know, what was my first memory around money? Like, you know, it's really like it's almost like a journaling process to kind of unearth these, uh, you know, these sort of beliefs and patterns. You know, were you raised in a family where people walked around and said, like, money doesn't grow on trees and, you know, don't spend, you know, what you make in in one place? You know, all these kind of crazy beliefs that that go around those really just kind of like sit unconsciously in us. So it's it's like this unearthing process first. And then it's looking at, just like we talked about, how does that then show up in your life now? You know, and yeah. it, it's, it's tricky process, but, you know, it starts with just like having these conversations. That sounds like money therapy, Shauna. It sounds like money therapy. Okay, so so you, you mentioned something that really piqued my interest. You were talking about the emotional relationship we have to money. What... What do people, what emotions do people attach to money? Because for some, it's very important. For some, it's a big motivator. For some, it's a big, you know, stumbling block. So what are, what emotions do we attach to money? I think the most common ones are shame. 
ashamed that we might have done something wrong or we we didn't you know we had this opportunity and we didn't we didn't take advantage of it or I got out of debt and then I got in debt again and I must be like this terrible person so shame is a big one fear is another big one uh especially with women I see this show up where Mm. we're like fearful of maybe taking a risk uh you know we we want to maybe stay a little bit more conservative and so fear is a big one. Um, anger is another big one. You know, there's a lot of anger around. Maybe if if you grew up in a specific situation and money was just always that thing, like you couldn't escape it. You know, there's usually a lot of anger. So it's mainly shame, fear, guilt, anger, mm. kind of all of those emotions you tend to see show up a lot. And even in somebody who is money focused, who is really driven, there is still usually a lot of these underlying emotions. They just haven't quite been explored. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because, you know, what I'm hearing you say is like, instead of letting money control you, you control how, what you do and feel about money. Okay. You said something recently on your Instagram, I think, or TikTok about how much do I need to earn? What is your number? I just thought that was so brilliant. And I want you to explore that for everyone, including myself. What do you mean, what is your number? So I think it's really easy to think like, okay, I need a million dollars or I need to make Yes, six, we do. Yes. I agree with right. that. I'll always yeah. stand for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's my I'm, number. you know, I will definitely sign up for that too, right? <laughs> but like we grew up with thinking like we need to make, even as adults, I'm not going to say grow up, like even as adults, we're like, we need yeah. to hit this, you know, we need to make, you know, I'm just picking numbers out of the sky, like, you know, $100,000 a year and I need to have a million saved by this. But it's right. like, wh- Why? You know, and is that right for you? So what I mean by Mm. what is your number is really thinking about like, let's get back to the idea of like getting out a piece of paper and like drawing out the vision for what we want our life to look like. Where do we want to live? You know, what kind of career do we want to have? What do we want to do for fun, for hobbies? You know, what what does it look like for us, right? Because then when you can figure out even just roughly what you want it to look like for you, then you can figure out, okay, how much money do I need to make? How much money do I need to save for X, Y, and Z, right? So, but you're you're pulling your money around your vision, not somebody else's. And I think, especially with social media and everything, it's yes. so easy to get attached to someone else's version of life. And then you're making all of these decisions that maybe are right for that person, but are not right for you. So I'm a big advocate of just figure out what your numbers, what do you need to make to support the life that you want to live? And mm. that that starts to become, you know, I think this great question of like being truly authentic to yourself, you know, and, and putting up the blinders a little bit and uh, you know, then you really like pick and choose the pieces of money advice that are going to work to support yeah. that. This is a perfect segue into what you call crafting your money vision chart. And I, I think that is so, I mean, I love to journal. I love to write things. I love, I'm a goal setter. Um, and I write a lot of goals down and forget about them. I don't even like work towards them. I'll forget about them and go back and look. I'm getting ready to do that here, you know, in the next few weeks at the end of the year and look back and surprisingly just writing them down 
You know, crafting that vision has helped me get there, even though I hadn't purposefully been going every day. Check, I've done something for that. Check. What do you do when you're talking about crafting your money vision chart? What is that? Yeah, I mean, I look, I, I'm a totally visual person. So I love the idea of being able to see what it is I want to do. So Come you know, if you're not if you're not a visual person, I would just encourage you to like just put a toe over this side of the fence and <laughs> and like give it a try because I think you're going to be really amazed at what happens. You know, there's all these scientific studies of if you take what's in your brain and you get it out on paper, whether it's in words or it's visual, uh, I believe the statistic is you're nine times more likely to achieve it than yeah, people who yeah. just think wow. about it, right? So I mean, oh, that is you know, so what, interesting. You know, before you start doing budgets and all that stuff that just feels boring and and uh, you know, like it overwhelming, falls the, yeah, totally yeah. falls to the end of the chore list. You know, take out a piece of paper, open a Word doc, get a giant post-it, do whatever feels good to you and start crafting what you want your year to look like. So yes, you know you've got to pay your mortgage or your rent, right? You know you got to pay your car payment and all those sorts of things. But let's focus on the stuff where you know, most people kind of get in trouble with their money, right? Is all the extra stuff. So let's like visualize what we want that to look like first. You know, if we like to go to concerts, like is it, you know, three concerts we want to go to this year? If we want to travel, you know, where are those places we want to go? If we, you know, want to give back, like what are, you know, the charities or communities that we're really interested in? Because that's important too. A thousand percent, you know, so craft like- I did it, by the way. <laughs> I think this is ten quadrillion dollars. So ten quadrillion. But what will the ten quadrillion dollars give you? D- give you right. Yeah, right. And that's the point. So right? that's so. the point. That's the point, <laughs> well, right? But, so we need to see what what it is you will exchange that ten quadrillion dollars for. For that's that what that's what goes on. Our money so you're chart. saying there's a cost, uh, you know, benefit always when it comes to money yes always there's always an exchange yes but if we you know the the problem with budgets and i i really hate the word budget i call it a spending plan okay Uh, i hate the word budget too so can you call travis at 404 yes you can you can i used to rename mine to my travel itinerary plan because i hated the word budget so much and i love to travel so it was all just like a mechanism for oh my me god to i'm in travel. love you've got to really i'm gonna get some i'm, I'm gonna get, get you to counsel my husband i really you got am. it we're gonna do some counseling <laughs> but we're not gonna call it counseling we're gonna call it travel uh, you know yes something we're gonna call it we're gonna disguise we, it that's the cool thing about money right <laughs> if you hate the word throw it out and change it to whatever change feels like it baby really change good to it. you <laughs> So we create this like vision chart that becomes like our roadmap, right? And then we yeah. we take the money that we have and we literally just like plug it into this roadmap. So it becomes uh, it becomes something that I, th- I really feel like comes alive, right? So we can attach yeah. like a feeling to our money when we can see what we're like playing for and what we want. Then that goes into the thoughts, feelings part of the equation, right? And that's going to influence our actions and behaviors, or at least give us like a real good fighting chance to try to make decisions that are going to move us closer to these things. So, you know, money is like bring it to life. Really, we have this, 
we feel like this money thing is something to acquire and get. And I like what you're saying. It's it's something that helps you get and acquire th- experiences, things, the life that you're wanting. It, it, we're looking at, for me, money is not something to worship, idolize, or, you know, put on a pedestal. It should be working for us. Is that what you're trying to tell me? A thousand percent. A thousand percent. You know, and I've you know, I, I'm a non-practicing certified financial planner. I practiced for 12 years and then decided that's not the way I want to do things. I didn't feel like it was really helping people get in a better relationship with money, which is really where the change happens. Oh. I, that is really what I feel needs to happen, right? People need to feel more connected to their money. And that is where a lot of mm. these like emotions that keep us stuck they fall away. And it's a journey, right? This is never like you a moment in time you wake up and you're like, yep, I got this. New, I got it. I have like yeah. the best relationship. No, because then something comes along and knocks <laughs> you sideways, right? But, you know, I, I for 12 years, like working with clients, even the ones that were the wealthiest, I saw stuff happens. So money is not always a given. So if we're placing all of our identity and Come our on. worth on that chunk of change, you know, that that's really shaky ground. So Very we've, shaky got, ground. we've got to find some other way to define this relationship with money that just feels a little bit like a little cozier, right? Gives us like a little bit more ease. Are you overworked, underpaid, exhausted, but love your kids so much and want to be the best mama for them? How about the best version of you? You deserve that. I'm Gianna Demedio simon And I'm Casey McDonald-Hosmer, and we are moms who absolutely love our new roles in life. But man, were we not prepared for some of the fine print in the job description. We want a connection with our children and our partner that doesn't come at the cost of the relationships with our own selves. We're helping you mother up every Monday on your favorite podcast player. Also, check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash at MotherUpPod. I actually posted on my Instagram and I said, what money questions do you have for Shauna? Shauna? And here are some of the questions. I'm ready. It's easy to make a budget, but sticking to it is hard. Do you have any tips? I know <laughs> I what think, you're going to say, girl. I She's think, like, how much time do we have? <laughs> I think we have just been talking about this for the last half an hour, right? So yeah. again, it's going back to thinking about, okay, my my budget isn't working. Okay, so we got to diagnose, right? It's like we're going to the doctor. So we got we to gotta do this for ourselves. Why is it not working, right? So is it that... You know, there are maybe certain times of the month where we're feeling some sort of emotion and our reaction is to go out and spend more money, right? Even though maybe we know it's not the right thing to do, but that's what we do, right? Can we identify some of those triggers? Like, can we figure out what's going on? Another thing I would say is, and this is what most of us don't do, and I only caution you, like, do it one or two months. Don't drive yourself crazy with this, but pick a month. And set your budget, like what you think you're going to spend. And this is how I teach people to budget. I actually teach them two columns, not one. So our first column is like what I think I'm going to spend, right? And then at the end of the month, I come back, I look at my bank statements, my credit card, my app that I use to categorize everything. And then I say, what did I actually spend? 
Wow. Right. So that's like the truth bomb. And so when we compare those two columns, we can start to see, okay, where did things break down? For most of us, it's eating out and it's shopping. <laughs> those are usually the two categories. I don't have like any idea universal. what you're talking about. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> so, you know, it's human nature, right? So you got to give yourself, this is where like the grace parts comes in, right? You got to yes. give yourself some grace, like, okay, things didn't like shake out the way I wanted, but now I have information, right? Now I can make a decision point. I can either decide, like, let's say it was eating out. I can either decide, I no, I really want to spend like what I what I budgeted for versus what I actually spent. So right. I'm gonna need to make some shifts. Or you could be like, no, actually I'm I'm fine with this higher number. Let me just shift my thinking and let me shift to this new number, right? So with everything with money, you have this decision point. It's okay with me or it's not and I need to make a change, right? And oh, so, you know, that's really where you you kind of have to be your own cheerleader to some extent. But first, you've got to get the knowledge. You got to know what's going on, right? The blinders approach, I've done it myself. It, it doesn't get you anywhere. So, you know, try that for a month or two. Just collect the data, right? Without judging, yeah. just collect the data and then start making some some small little shifts here and there. You know, you don't have to go from like eating out to like not eating out at all. Don't do anything dramatic. <laughs> just do, you know, like, it, uh, you know, if I eat out four days a week, maybe I go to three, you know, just do something that yes. feels comfortable. Subtle. Yeah. And that's how you're going to you're going to be able to start making these shifts. Little little changes. Yeah. But then I would also say real, real quick is like when you make those shifts, attach it to a why. So why am I Got doing it. this? Right. That's the important piece, too. Oh, I love that. OK, my credit card is at 8000. Minimum payment is 220 per month. How much should I pay to see it go down? This is going to require a little bit of a calculator and I can't totally do it the math in my head. But I will tell you that any amount that you add on top of your minimum payment is going to help supercharge that debt payoff. So if you want, there are really great calculators online. You can just Google like debt payoff calculator. Wow. And you can plug in the, uh, you know, the amount you owe, the interest rate, and then the minimum payment. And then you plug in how much extra you have each month, like $50 or $100 or whatever it is. And it is going to mathematically show you like this is how fast. And so you can keep playing with that extra amount. Like maybe I want to add $50 or what does $75 extra do, right? And so you can just very quickly like visually see how fast you can get that debt paid down. But the key is you got to add something on top of that minimum payment. Ugh. I know it. Credit cards. Okay. What do you do when you answer the door and it's the furniture people moving in your new sofa and you had no idea what's coming? And you know what, Zach? That is from Travis Gravel. <laughs> it is from Travis Gravel. <laughs> I texted Travis this morning and I was like, Travis. <laughs> that is Travis Gravel. That is my husband, Shauna. That is my husband. <laughs> Travis is like, true story. This happened. But this is, this. I mean, thank you, Travis, for, he's always ever present in any money conversation I ever have. But I will say this, how do you, this is my question, okay? I'm my own listener right now. How do you, somebody in the house has to be a money manager, your partner, whoever you're living with, married to, whatever. How do you, and, and my husband does manage our money, but how do you work together in a partnership, Shauna? 
to really this, maximize your money in your household? This is a great question. So two things that we do religiously in my relationship. One is we have what's called a weekly money date. So oh, just like gosh, you I'm have, not doing that. I no, no, no. That. But listen, Kim, we can make this fun. All right. So so what do you like okay. to do? Like, do you have a favorite restaurant? Do you like Yes, we go out to eat. A, we like a favorite to eat. <laughs> a favorite beverage of choice. So, can, I, or, can I just say for a second, when you said money date, I was picturing like a bathtub full of money. <laughs> And I'll just let you take it hey, from Zach, there. Hey, Zach, if that is your version of a money but date, no, you go for it. No, right? but, but Shauna, isn't just like a man to associate money with sex and sex with money? I think that's the only oh two things gosh. that men think about. Okay. Of all course. Right. But you know, if that's what works for you, right? The idea is like, let's create some sort of experience. You know, if if the bedroom is what works to cultivate the money conversation. Go for it. Then, no you know, judgment. Right. There's no judgment I love here. it. I love uh, it. Yeah, so I mean it's it's just like a very quick like okay, here's where we're at, here's what where we spent last week, here's what's coming up, here's where we kind of are with our goals. You cool, I'm cool, everything. Okay, let's go to next week, right? So these are short like under 30 minutes, just quick little check-ins of is anything coming up, anything on your mind, anything you want to buy, like just like let's get on the same page. But the key is, yeah, you got to you got to bring some yeah. fun to it, right? So create an atmosphere, <laughs> you know, turn on the the bath, put some bubbles in, whatever you got to do, right? And the second thing that we do is we created what we call a don't ask, don't ta- tell dollar amount. So this is an amount that either oh, now of this, us can I can spend, get with this. I can get with this. Either of us can <laughs> spend without asking a question of the other person or making it a judgment. Right? What's so your amount? Have, what's your amount? Kim, it's not couch money. It's not couch <laughs> money. What's your what's uh, your amount? Ours is five hundred. Okay. Ours is five hundred. So but, but so you're saying do, set a set, set a, a dollar a, amount a, that you're both okay. comfortable with. And so if your couch is under that dollar amount, then technically, you know, you're within your guidelines for your don't ask, don't tell amount, right? Uh, I'm so this is this. this gives you some sort of freedom to still feel like you could go out and buy stuff. You don't have to sneak the packages in the house, right? Because we've all done that. I know, but uh, that's part of the fun of it, Shauna. That is really. I, I feel like I'm getting away with something. <laughs> I know it is. It what, is. <laughs> Kim, what did Travis do when the couch showed up and he didn't know it was coming? Well, now he's just conditioned, so he just was like, "Come on in." <laughs> Probably going into that room right there. <laughs> But listen, but this is the thing, Shauna, I let him, I'm, I'm dropping seeds. I am telling him it's coming months ahead of time. It's not coming out the blue. I mean, I'm going, wow, this couch is worn out. Oh, this couch (laughs) is so uncomfortable. I mean, like I'm, I'm laying the footwork, the groundwork way in advance. So, but what stops you from saying, I ordered a new couch, it's coming. Because I don't want the conversation and the nagging. When I tell you my husband's cheap, we go to a restaurant. We love to go out to eat. You know, I have two boys. So I have have two teenagers. I have a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old. And then my husband, who's my third child, he's 51. And so when we go all out to eat, Shauna, we have to all order water but one person. And so, like, if one person orders a sweet tea or a Coke or what have you, and then we all, it's a communal, it's a communal Coke. So everybody (laughs) takes a swig of it. So by the time it gets to me, it's basically backwash. (laughs) <laughs> okay that is too, i think we can afford okay granted co- you sodas now and drinks now in restaurants are like triple the so it's four dollars for a drink i get it 
But it's like, can't I have my own at 51? Do I have to share backwash Coke with all my kids? So has he ever has he ever done sort of discovery work like we're doing here to figure <laughs> out like what is that in him that needs to keep things so cheap? It's I think it's honestly he enjoys the challenge of saving money. He, he, he genuinely, he is a money person as well. And I do, you know, I have relinquished all of my money, not my money management to him just because for time reasons. And I trust him so much. And he does give me a budget. And I have no problem with that. It works for our relationship. I, I call it, I, I make fun all the time and call it an allowance. But I, I, you know, I'm cool with that. Most women be like, oh my gosh. But, I, you know, for me, it's fun. It's, that's how we communicate with it. He, he says, this is what we can, we can spend out of that slush fund. Because mine is, you know, for, now they dip into my fund all the time. <laughs> my kids yes. and my husband. But, I, you know, that is my fund. So, you know, that's just how and my parents are very, you know, my dad manages the money. And but I know like for my sister, she manages more of the money in her house. So it's just all varies. She shouldn't be, but she does. And so it just I guess it all varies. But to have those conversations, though, and I love the don't ask, don't tell. That's I'm going to go home and tell Travis, don't ask because I ain't telling. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and maybe he could even compromise. And, you know, maybe you have two dinners where like. You know, there could be two sodas instead of one, you know? I mean, let's just, let's baby step him up just a little bit, you know? Oh, my God. I love it. Oh, Sean. Sean, will you please come back and let's have this conversation again? Because I'm telling you. I would love it. I love your view on money. It's different. It's fresh. It's emotional. And I think it's, it's (laughs) healthy. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know. Like I said, you know, as I was working as a financial planner, money wasn't just creating these financial plans. I mean, that wasn't working for people. That isn't working for people, right? People want to figure out how do I change my life? How do I do the things I want to do? That isn't working. So we've got to enter into these different conversations to start exploring all this. You know, there's so many layers deep we can go. But this, you know, we need to just start having these conversations. Uh, well, you got to come back and have another conversation. But just before you go, I have to do this on every show. We do what we call rapid fire questions. So I just ask you a question. Okay. And the first thing that comes um, to mind, blurt it out. Okay. Um, if you won the lottery, what would you buy first? The big lottery? The big one, baby. I would buy a private island. Oh, wow. God. Oh, I agree. <laughs> oh, my God. That's Oprah she level. Is- <laughs> That's. I mean, you said the first answer. <laughs> okay. She is my bougie financial planner. I love this woman. I'm going to have Travis call you. Okay. What money question do you get asked the most? How do I pay off my debt? Wow. That will be A and B would be, uh, how, how do I stop fighting with my partner about money? Those oh, okay. would be the two mm. most common. There. I, I, and we don't have enough time for you to answer that. Um, <laughs> what is the best place you've ever traveled to? Oh, Kenya, Africa. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Safari was was amazing. Um, What piece of advice has changed your life? That I am, I think the piece of advice is that I am worthy just as I am. Yeah, you are. And you're gorgeous too with that hair. Okay, here we go. What is your favorite junk food? Oh, French fries. Uh, I had some today. Shouldn't have, but did. Um, And who is your celebrity crush? Ooh, my celebrity crush? Wow. 
Um, I don't know. This might take me a minute. Well, I mean, Oprah is really a celebrity crush. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it would be hard not, not to be. Total girl crush. Oh my, yeah. You could get a private island next to her private island. I, I would accept that. I really would. Yeah. We can have like <laughs> a coconut it. phone line between the two islands. A coconut phone. <laughs> yeah. You, you are good You borrow good with money. sugar, you know. Yeah. She is good with yeah. money. We're not going to do a phone, honey. Just get your coconut out. Hello? Hey, girl. <laughs> okay. Um, and last question. Do you think money can make you happy? Oh, this is a deep one. Money cannot ultimately make you happy because you cannot buy so many things with money. However, money can bring you to a place where you have a lot of options in life. And, you know, there could be a level of happiness with that. So it's a very complicated, very complicated question. But you have to first figure out the happiness for you or the money's not going to bring you any happiness. Mm. Okay, Shauna, game. Thank you so much for being on LOL. with You must come back. We must come back and talk more about the, we had so many questions. I couldn't even get to them all today, girl. So we got to have you back on. We got to do this. Money is, money makes the world go round. I had one, one guy tell me one time money is power, but um, I like your philosophy. You're saying let's have our power over our money. Yes. Anytime. I love it. All right. Come back, girl. Oh, I'm telling you. That's just good. See, I'm telling you, Travis has got to pull it together. He's got to pull it together. He needs to step out of his box. You heard her today. You need to do the don't ask, don't tell thing with Travis. I think that'll work. I think I already did. Yeah, yeah. You, you already do. You're good at the don't tell part. I, I don't ask either. I don't ask. Yeah, you're right. Tell. That's a good point. You're right. You don't ask, you don't tell. But you need a limit. So I'm on, I guess I'm on Travis's team now. You need a limit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you and Travis, y'all go right ahead. And this is, and so I have a very, very um, interesting thought about money too. And, you know, because my BFF Amy, her family had a lot of struggle with money. And then Travis is being so cheap and me, my dad having money, I kind of went the opposite direction. And I would always say, anytime I was negotiating or anytime I do any business dealings or whatever, I just always say, you know, money comes freely and easily to me. And, Mm. you know, you have to put, I love how she's talking about vision boarding and casting this vision for your, yeah. your financial situation and your money. And I think that's part of it is when you speak it and you write it down, that statistic that she said you're nine times more likely to achieve it. I'm going to look that up because I, I mean, that is huge. That's amazing. I mean, it, it goes back to like just, you know, positive mindset and, and all of that, right? Well, it just also goes back to it's, it's, it's how you look at it. Like, I don't sit there and go, oh gosh, do we have enough money? Money, like Travis does, like money, money. He, he, I mean, that's how he looks at it. And I look at it like, oh, money, <laughs> we got this. <laughs> it, that, that ain't gonna be no problem, boo. You know, that's how I, I come at it. So I'm not saying one is right or wrong, but I think meeting in the middle could really be that perfect balance. And I do think Travis and I have really come to that point. When I talk, when I talk to him, when we got married, the first time we got married, not the first time. <laughs> the first time you got married. <laughs> oh, it feels like a many times. <laughs> our biggest fights have been about money. I, I'd love to hear what our audience, our biggest fights have been about money. Um, and oh. not so much that we didn't have it or needed it, just what to do with it. And I told him when mm-hmm. we first got married, I said, your job one day will just be managing the money. Wow. And he was just he would just look at me and go, 
okay. Like he, he didn't get what I was saying. That's how I'm talking about you've got to visualize. And money is not even a big motivator for me. Again, I can pour it out and I expect it to be poured right on back yeah. in. I mean, that's just my mindset. Um, but I agree with Shauna. Mindset matters. And how you look at things. Money doesn't control me. I mean, you have to have it to live. You have to have it to, you know, but money is just a piece of paper that comes in and out, in and out. And um, I also believe the more you give, the more you receive. You pour out that cup so that cup can be filled, uh, you know, back up. And yeah. call me crazy, call me super spiritual, call me pie in the sky positive girl, but it has worked. It has worked. Mm. I mean, instead of debt, I think debt is, debt is, you know, really, really, can can sink you real quick, but if you've got yeah. a lot of debt, I Those say credit put, cards can kill. They you. are, but don't freak out. If you have a lot of debt, I say don't freak out about your debt. Set a debt plan in motion to pay it off and forget about it, and start focusing on how to make more income. Everybody's sitting there going debt, yeah. debt, 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 debt. I got to do my debt. I got, and then you're focusing on the debt, and that's all that's happening. And you're focusing on it, and you're just you're, it, it, it narrows your scope. Set a debt relief plan. Set a way that you're going to pay off your debt. Like she said, get a debt calculator, whatever. Set that plan in motion. Have that money going towards that all the time. Forget about it. Make that automatic. And then start focusing on how to increase your wealth and money. It's what we focus on What is what comes to um, fruition. Where you put yeah. your focus is what ends up manifesting and happening. So don't yeah. focus on your debt. Get a debt payoff plan. Have that going automatically so you don't even have to worry about it. And then start focusing on how can I level up my income? Mm -hmm. Period. It's in and, and you say, Kim, that's simple. It, it, it can be if you just if you just open up and the stress that we have around financial means, I think, yeah. is what holds a lot of us back. Yeah. We give it too much power. The power is not the money. The power is what we're going to do with it. I love it. Let's leave it at that, Kim. Love y'all. LOL is produced and edited by Zach Miller at Uncommon Audio. Our associate producer is Kathleen Grant, the brunette exec. Production help from Emily Breeden. Our cover art is designed by Sarah Noto. A special thanks to all the team members at QVC Plus. And thank you for listening. I love you. Wanna make my own decision. That was good. Kim, do you want to sing the new theme song for the show? I do not. No, but I mean, it's just, it's so like, come on, pay off the debt, suck it up. You know, it's almost like, you know. We run the pocketbook, whether we run the pocketbook or not. You know what I mean? I set up a fund for the kids. I'm like, don't set up a fund for the kids. <laughs> they need to work. <laughs> and Travis is cheap. Bye. <laughs>